Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind live full-time reaction of Kamara versus Celtic, where Celtic have dropped points in the Scottish Premiership thanks to a late goal from Matty Kennedy, which saw Kamara take all three points. We mentioned towards the end of the first half that Kamara was starting to grow into the game and they were starting to cause problems, Anthony. And they caused problems in that second half. Did we actually come out in that second half or were we still in the change rooms? Because for that first 15 minutes, um, we were posted missing in action. And to be fair, it didn't get much better after that. Um, you know, fair play to Kilmarnock. They definitely, the, the Derby kind of spray that they got at halftime definitely had the desired effect. But um, our performance was, you know, was, was pretty, pretty dreadful. Um, it turned into a bit of a... Uh, an aerial ping pong. We couldn't maintain any possession. Our midfield was non-existent, um, and very, you know, we we weathered that storm for that first fifteen minutes. And I thought, oh, hang on, maybe we're going to get off the canvas and get back into this match. And maybe we've, you know, we again we rode our luck to a certain extent, but we just never got going. And um, you know, come on, it went man to man, to man and yeah, bossed it. And unfortunately, we didn't drop. You know, two points, we end up dropping three points. So, um, yeah, not all of ourselves to blame because um, the performance between the first and second half night and day, totally different. Yeah, we also mentioned in the halftime broadcast, Kevin, the amount of missed chances in that first half and they really came back to bite Celtic in the second half, as Anthony mentioned. We never really got started. There was so many moments where you're just inviting pressure over and over and over. And even when it seemed around about the 70-minute mark where Kamarnock might have been starting to fizzle out of the game, Celtic just couldn't really get anything going going forward because they just kept inviting the pressure and losing the ball over and over and over. Yeah. Um, you know, you talk about that cliched game of two halves and that was it today. You know, first half, I thought we were really good. We were very impressive. Took the game to Kilmarnock 
right from the beginning and it was a really strong and positive first 45 minutes. And you just think to yourself, as we discussed at halftime, keep that going into the first 15, 20 minutes of the second half and the second goal will come and that will be it. You know, we'll, we can see this one through. But yeah, like Anthony says, first 15 minutes of the second half, we were missing in action. I'll probably extend that to the first 45 minutes of that half plus the 10 minutes of injury time. You know, we were, we were just dreadful in that half. Um, all credit to Kilmarnock because, and I think you have to give them lots of credit because they made us play as poorly as we did. They didn't allow us a second on the ball right from the, you know, the start of that second half. They were on us, they were pressing, they were hustling and harrying us like they hadn't done in the first half. We had no time to settle and we couldn't cope with it. We didn't have a plan B to get around it. And yet, for so Long spells of that second half, the midfield was missing, the defence didn't look comfortable at all. Every time a cross ball came in, whether it be in the air or fizzed along the ground, it was heart and mouth moments. Now, obviously, that's how the first goal comes around. Um, by the end of the game, it's not really a surprise, is it? I mean, there's some games that you'll come away with and you're feeling, I don't know, you feel different after a defeat after different defeats. But this one, I'm more just resigned to it because you could almost see it coming as that half went on. And yeah, fair play to Kelly. We absolutely deserved it. We were dreadful and they were very good. Yeah, there was a real sense of inevitability about it. The amount of chances they were creating, especially at the early stages of that first half, there was just corner after corner after corner. And Anthony Celtic wouldn't really help themselves out. We'll, we'll stay just before the goals went in. We'll stay at the early stages of that first half. That really... It really set the tempo for how that second half was going to go as well. It was really two completely different sides. One was playing at the top of the game with a clear bit of direction, and you didn't really see that from Celtic. No, we really struggled to clear our lines. Um, that was uh, my concern, was that it was them headering and headering wide or Hart having to make a save. But it wasn't like us clearing our lines and winning a few headers and, and at least being decisive about it. We were really, really passive and that just allowed Kilmarnock to get that foothold that they that obviously that they needed to get back into the game. And when we did clear our lines, it just came straight back. Um, oh, wasn't able to hold it up. And as we've, we've said, the midfield. I mean, Matt O'Reilly did. How many touches did he get in the second half? I mean, wouldn't have been many. Um, and you know, and then we obviously you know we, we make some changes, but not not at the 60th minute mark because, in fairness, like I think you know Brendan was quite right to let the team try and fight it out themselves to try and sort of get us back to an even keel. But I thought maybe for about five minutes around that 60 minute mark, we sort of, you know, that's, we weathered that storm and it sort of stayed to some extent, but then, you know, like I said, we didn't help ourselves. Um, But like I said, defensively, we were very, very unconvincing and, and the number of corners and that that were coming in and I'm saying it's only a matter of time. Um, And like I said, we got away with it. I thought, well, maybe, Maybe it was a bit of luck, but unfortunately, the goal came just a little bit later on. Well, Kev, we mentioned in the pre-match coverage um, the defeat to Kamarak in the Viaplay Cup earlier on in the season and some of the problems behind how Celtic lost out in that game. And one of the main things I took from that defeat earlier in the season was that Celtic didn't like being pressed. They didn't like when that team was being aggressive. When, and it was the midfield that really felt it. I remember Cal McGregor had a really bad day at the office in that defeat earlier on in the season. And there was the same issues that sort of crept up today and it's a recurrent theme, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think that first game you can put down to there being kind of changes in the team. You know, 
it was Lagerbilk and Navrotsky, I think, their first game playing together. The centre-back, and we'd changed our centre-back pairing for, I think, every game up until then, for one reason or another. So we never had that stability. We'd made the changes and brought in home to the midfield as well. So like you could probably make excuses for that performance more than anything. Today's, there's no excuse for that. And yeah, Kilmarnock have highlighted a couple of things that we're really bad at at the moment. One of them is defending cross balls, as I said, and as Anthony said, every single one that came in, you just you feared the worst. You thought they were going in. No one commands the penalty area. You know, Joe Hart should be coming out and using his big frame to challenge for the ball, and he doesn't. You've got Phillips, and I mean, I don't know what the point of him is anymore. To be honest, like today's performance, I thought was just dreadful. Um, but he's, he's a big lad he should be going in trying to win those balls in the air he wasn't he looked scared to do so and the other one is yeah if you've got an energetic team that's aggressive and pressing us and pushing us back we don't like it you know some of the boys that we've got prefer to have that wee bit extra second on the ball before they find their pass and in Scotland in particular with it being the type of league it is you don't always get that and when and the annoying thing is in that first half, I thought we were the aggressive team. And every time we had the ball in the midfield, it was quick passing, it was sharp, and it was it was good. Now you put us in depression, we just crumbled in the midfield. And that's really it's a big worry. Because um if a team like Kilmarnock can do that to you, better teams will have even more success. So there's something that we need to just figure out as to how we cope with that going forward. It was a real game of two halves and Celtic came out in that second half completely differently, a completely different mentality and aggression from what they showed in that first half because they were really going for it in that first half. And do you think, Anthony, it was a, perhaps a case of Celtic getting comfortable, getting complacent because they had that lead? We know time and time again, having a lead at 1-0, even 2-0 isn't exactly a safe scoreline, but do you think they got complacent? Well, I mean, I, I said at half time that we needed another goal because I just couldn't see how we would have, you know, kept a clean, kept a clean sheet. I just couldn't see it. And um, you know, obviously, whether some of the players came out with the mentality that you know they thought the game was already won. I mean, I don't know what game they were playing in, but it's possible. But you thought you wouldn't like to think so. You know, the professional footballers they should be given their all all the time. But it, <laughs> the evidence. Oh, that performance would suggest that a few of them had got the pipe and slippers out and were, um, you know, really thought the game the game was over. A um, few performances that probably have to touch on. I don't like in singling out individual players, but you know, Matt, Matt Phillips, Greg Taylor, not the finest hours by any stretch. Um, you know, he, he, you know, own goal is hard. He's sliding in. He's he's missed he's mistimed it. But then, for me, part of that's communication. You've got Joe Hart there. You've got Stales behind him. Needs to be telling him what's 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 going on. Like you know, there needs obviously a last ditch, but needs to be a bit of communication there. And then Nat Phillips plays them on for the for the, for the second goal um, again. We're very tentative to to press. Like we were, we just seemed to invite the pressure on. Like we didn't seem to get our distances right for actually just applying a tackle further out. We were sort of just. Backing off, backing off, backing off, and inviting them in, and that extends to winning headers as well. And I totally agree with uh, Kevin's point that the, the number of times where we didn't attack the ball, and that's just criminal. Um, you know, they're tall enough; they should. That, that's their job. 
and this just comes back to losing Starfield in the summer. You know, he was your he was your enforcer. He was the guy that that won the bulk of your headers, and we have not replaced him. And I know Carter Vickers is out, and you know he whenever he's out of the team, we're not the same defensively. But you know we we, we should still have done better in the situations that that, that we did. And Greg Taylor, you know, he's played a lot of minutes. You know, we talk about Callum McGregor playing lots of games. Greg Taylor's played just as many games as him this season because basically there's no other left back. You know, Bernabe was on the bench, but as far as I'm concerned, he's so far off it, it's not funny. So if we do not sign a left back in this window, next next transfer window, then we're asking for trouble because teams are starting to get the better of Greg Taylor. Well, we've just lost Anthony there for a brief moment. He was just touching on the left-back situation, though Celtic, they do seem to be looking to address the left-back yeah, situation. Okay. He's he's chance of a break. Part of it is he's not ready breathing. We, we do seem to be um, looking for a left-back. We're linked with, I think it's Thiago Araujo from Portugal. That seems to be a position that we're really eager to try and fix in January, I think. After today's game, Rogers will be looking to do the same. We've got all your comments and people venting their frustrations. 1,400 of you joining us live. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Loopy33, did any sub work today? We got progressively worse, worse with every single one. Chris Celtic guy with a £2 donation. Thank you very much for your generosity. Brendan, Joe, Phillips and Taylor have to leave. Joseph McGonagall coming in after everyone. Greg Taylor's poor and heart doesn't command his box. Echoing some of the sentiment from yourself, Kevin. I want to touch on the goals. Um, the first one, it's it's a really poor one. You just have to put that one out for. You just have to put that one out for for the corner kick. And I don't know if people might argue he's unlucky or not, but yeah, it was a really nervy second half from that Phillips. People were criticising his first half performance. I didn't really see much wrong with it, but the second half, everything started to creep up in it. It really wasn't a good individual showing from that Phillips, was it today, Kevin? No, it wasn't. Um, you know, similar to what Anthony said there as well, I, I generally don't like to single out a certain individual player for criticism unless it's absolutely justified. And I feel today it is on Phillips. I just thought he was just dreadful, in my opinion. Um, if anyone wants to disagree with that in the comments, feel free. But I'm fairly safe. This is one opinion I'll have that most people will agree with. He was He was awful today. Um, any time a ball came came in the air, whether it was in the box or outside the box, he just never looked comfortable dealing with it. There's a few that he's got really lucky with that he's kind of bounced off him and gone away. Um, ball at his feet. I mean, a few times he's tried to do a Cruyff turn on one occasion and almost fell over the ball because he's been pressured and loses it. I mean, I think if, if he is genuinely better, then Lagerbilke and Navrotsky, and when he gets fit, Stephen Welsh, then we're in trouble defensively. So I think there's another reason why he's in there, and I think it must be this this rumour that's going around, as we said before, that you know there's the clause in his contract that he has to be in a match day squad because um, he doesn't cut it. He doesn't cut it at this level for me. Um, for the goal, for the first goal, I just think it's really poor. You can tell that that ball's coming in. Now, if you're a centre-back, if you're sliding in for that ball, it's because you're 100% sure that you're making a strong enough connection that you're putting it wide of the post. Otherwise, you leave it and you let it go. Because the only other outcome of that is you're scoring our own goal. So he's got to be smart enough just to let that one go. Again, Anthony's called it before because you've got Joe Hart right next to him. Hart should be 
telling him what to do as well. There should be a call that it's his ball or the scales has got it covered. He just doesn't have to slide in. And that's it's at the mark of a defender that's playing without confidence when he feels he has to make an impression and he's dived in for that one. He's very, very poor. And he just he didn't recover from that when he wasn't great before that. He doesn't recover after it. But the second goal, yeah, he sits far too deep. And again, there's no need for him to be that deep. He should be pressing forward. Because if he does that, I think he forces another decision from Armstrong when he's got the ball. But because he's sitting deep, he just allows him to come on. That said, Scales should be out as well, closing his man down to make sure that pass doesn't come through for Kennedy to flick it in. Um, it's just a really bad goal defensively. Yeah, Phillips for the full game, just he, he didn't exude any sort of confidence in him. He's not covered himself any glory. And Carter Vickers is, is injured and he wasn't just rested for this game because of his because of the surface we were playing on. And you've got worries for midweek because you know him up against some of the forwards at Bayern they've got not a thought you really want to think about right now. Yeah, you've got to be hoping that Cameron Carter Vickers will be back for that game. If it was just a precaution because of the pitch and the surface that he would be playing on then I'm sure he most definitely will be back. I've seen discussions on social media saying perhaps a change of shape, perhaps going five at the back, because even when Celtic have been winning games domestically, they have still been conceding goals. They have still been shipping goals, and I'm sure that is something that Brendan Rodgers will definitely be looking to rectify. I want to go to the second goal, the eventual winner from Matty Kennedy. It's just, a really again, a really poor goal to concede. He ghosts in to the box. You can see Liam Scales is backing off of the marker that does eventually put the ball through to Matty Kennedy for that winning goal. Anthony, what did you make of the second goal? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, I, I sort of touched on it before. It's just basically, you know, Stale's backing off. Um, and then, you know, Nat Phillips in a bad position. He's he's played them on side. Um, so, I mean, again, that's communication. That's been in line with your defence. I mean, part of it's the fact that they haven't really played together much or when it is, he's coming off the bench. So you have a situation where you've got, you know, a, an unfamiliar partnership at centre-half. So, I mean, that does, you know, you've got to factor that into a certain degree. But... And you know the the <laughs> we're, we're we're obviously pinning this on the defence, but you know the midfield also posted missing in action. Like you know, where's the screen? Where you know there was culpability all over the park. Um, but you know, as far as the you know the direct interaction right before the goal, yeah, I mean it's it's just it's just bad defending. Um, but you know, again, it comes back to Kilmarnock really, you know, pressing. I mean. They could have stopped at one each. They could have sat back and defended and happy with a point, but they went for it. 
yeah, they they spilled blood and they went for it and they got it. Um, so you know, you gotta gotta take the hat off them for for that. You know, a lot of teams would have just backed off and you know, sell, try to settle for a point, and that's usually when Celtic sort of scores a late winner. But you know, when we went to one down. I could put my hand in my heart and say, I, don't, I couldn't see where we were getting our goal from. We could barely string two or three passes together at that point. But compare that to the first half when we were zipping it around all over the place and it, we made it look easy on that on that surface, you know, because obviously we're playing on the, the plastic. But we just, it, yeah, I know the, that cliche, but it was just like a different team came out in that second half. It was just, yeah. I'm, yeah. And this is the thing, and this is the concerning thing, and I'll finish this point, is that, We've got inconsistency week to week, game to game, but we're now starting to see inconsistency within the same game. I mean, the St. Johnston game, dreadful first half, pulled out of the fire in the last 30 minutes. Solid group performance first half today, absolutely dreadful second half. So, I mean, you know, the fact that we're able to turn in Jekyll and Hyde performances within the same game is a concern. And that's something that Rogers really needs to get his finger on because that's unacceptable. From in my book, like you know, just you, you can't you can't be doing that. You know, you can't be throwing away a goal lead and and dropping three points when you know the game was there. But we did. We have. Yeah, there was a real lack of urgency in that second half. You mentioned it was a real game of two halves. That's some the cliche that we've been using basically the entire eighteen minutes so far in that first half. Say that we're creating so many chances. It was free flowing football. There was. So many chances that we could have been about two or three up in that first half. And then you look at the second half where there has to be a sense of urgency. You're, you're drawing a game and then you're behind in a game. And it never really seemed to come around, Kevin. Even when you've got two strikers on the park and Kyogo and O, you're, you're hardly getting the ball to them. I mean, if you're thinking two teams with aims are going for the victory in the latter stages, you'd think that perhaps a team of the better quality players would get it done. But Celtic, they just couldn't get the ball or even hold the ball in the final third. Yeah, what's the old saying? I'll probably get it wrong, but something like hard work trumps talent every time, I think. And that's what happened today, because we've got the players with the talent, but if they're not going to turn up, then you're not going to get the results. And Kilmarnock won that second half because they were really up for it. They were aggressive, they were in our face, and we had no answer to it. We had no response. Um, And it is worrying because it's not the first time it's happened. Um. Can't remember. I'm going to have to check back. There was one of the games quite recently, actually, where we had the similar kind of result. It was must have been Motherwell uh, with the one-all draw. And afterwards, you kind of question and going, who's the leaders in that team? Who are the ones that are stepping up and grabbing games by the scruff of the neck and getting us through it? Um, last weekend, it seemed to be Rogers with these bollocking of the players at halftime, and then Callum McGregor stepping up and doing it. But you can't rely on that every single week or every other week. And you can't rely on somebody stepping up halfway through a half because, as Anthony said, we are so Jekyll and Hyde now that we're not even going from a good game to a bad game. It's a good half to a bad half. And you're getting your hopes up about O coming in and Iwata coming in. And you don't want to sound too reactionary or whatever, but these guys play really well one game. And then you think they deserve a run. And then the next week, they're awful. Again, and you go, right, well... Why is that? Why is it that they can't string two good performances together? Why is it that there's no one around them that just gives them the wee kick up the backside during the game when they need it to get going? And that's uh, that becomes a worry because you then become a, I said it's about weak mentally. 
And last season, we were very, very strong mentally, and that's what got us through a lot of games. So, yeah, these kind of games are showing some things up, which, uh, which is not nice to see. Um, but, yeah, even like going with two up front, I mean, what were the two forwards? Because he never actually played this two up front. We didn't create anything. We didn't look like we were ever going to do that. We didn't have a good shape. Um, to discuss those two, one of the things I've been looking at recently is like how many touches of the ball Kyogo had been getting in games because that had been a bit of a talking point. And he was averaging like five touches of the ball in the first half. There was a point uh, I looked midway through the first half and Oh had touched the ball 16 times. So we're using him more, his physicality. And, and then that gives you hope that you think in the second half, we'll keep that going. We've got the physical centre forward, we'll create things. I don't think he touched the ball much in the second half. Hyogo touched the ball three times between the 76th and the 90th minute. Right. There's literally no point in playing him at the moment if we're not going to get him involved in the game. It's not his fault because he makes the same runs as last season. It's the style, it's the system. It does sound reactionary to a wee bit, to the extent I'm sure to say it, but there's something that's a little bit broken because we're not getting the best out of our best players and we need to fix that very, very quickly. Otherwise, a season that really should be one where we go for a for three in a row is one where we're going to have to really, really fight to get that title. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people in the comments touching on the substitutions and Anthony never really felt like any impact was going to be made there. Yang comes on, they didn't really do much. He picks up a knock later on in the game. Kyogo, as Kevin mentioned, only four touches in the game. He gets one chance late on. I think it's early in stoppage time where he never really felt he was going to score that one. And then James Force comes on with six minutes to go. And none, none of the substitutions really inspired any hope. None of them really inspired some life into the team either. There was no real creativity from any of those substitutions. No, um, I think, you know, I definitely, as soon as I heard Yang was warming up, I felt um, Mikey Johnson was the one that was coming off. I felt he petered out, you know, again, I mean, take your pick. I mean, you know, you could substituted pretty much any player off the park, really. But as soon as I heard Yang was warming up, I went, well, I figured Mikey Johnson's coming off. Yang got a couple of touches, but, you know, again, never really got into it and then got absolutely poleaxed. Um and over in Australia, we've got the AFL, and we call that a hip and shoulder, but he's absolutely clattered him. Um, and that's a, that's a Saurian. So I was surprised he played on, but, you know, I thought he might, they might have taken him off. Um, Palmer, I felt he sort of threw the towel in a bit with about 10, 15 to go. And I kind of felt like he knew that, well, Yang's on, so who's who's coming on for me sort of thing? And then, obviously, we made the change with, with, with James Forrest. You know, forced tries, but you know he's obviously not got that yard of pace that he, he did maybe a, a few seasons ago. Um, and yeah, I think you've touched on it, Kyogo. Yeah, I think one of those touches was taking a corner. Um, yeah, no service. Yeah, like you say there's no point in being on the park really. And we, we we took a while off. And I'm like, well, you know, he sort of went a bit missing as well. But you're thinking, well, you might need him to get the ball up the park so that we can That's actually awesome. create a chance. But we're sort of taking him out put another guy up the top, but if the ball's not getting up there, I mean, if unless your plan is to hit it long to O and have Kyogo play off O, which we haven't done, we didn't do it today, we haven't done it, we've never done it, but unless that's your plan, which, again, we didn't do that, we still tried to, we persisted on trying to play it out from the back to our detriment, so a couple of times we nearly just coughed up a chance, and then, you know, so 
I couldn't understand the tactics at that point. So I'm sort of saying, well, if you don't do that, the ball's going to go up there. That's right, stick up there. And that didn't happen. As soon as that didn't happen, you're basically playing with one less in the midfield. And then, you know, Cal, Cal Mack took a knock as well. And I think that probably took him out of the game for about 10 minutes because he was, that had a bit, I looked sore. And he sort of came back into it a bit near the end. But, you know, like I said, I, I, I just feel that it was a bit muddled thinking by that point. But, I'd be honest, with what we had on the bench, I just couldn't see a way that you could have changed it in such a way that, you know, it, it's yeah, it's a head stretcher. It's one that I'm sure Rogers is probably going to sit there to, tonight and tomorrow and have a, a long hard think about it and go, well, what could I have done differently? But, you know, can you can you predict that sort of performance during that second half? Like, Maybe some did, but oh, I didn't see we, that. we sat here at half time, definitely not predicting that as a second half performance. Yeah, was, you couldn't have saw that coming considering it was a good first half showing. But when just to stay on the bench, when you look at some of the substitutes, Kyogo is probably the only one you can really see sparking any sort of hope into the game, um, especially given the knocks that we've got in that area. It's always a cluster of injuries in a certain area. And you've got Abada and Maeda both out who you would have been turning to at that point in the game to come on and make an impact. I want to bring up some more of the comments. Mr. Celtic Dwell, thank you very much for a £5 donation. Questions need to be asked to the manager, simply not good enough. It's been like this all season, no control of games. And that's what we we're touching on about the halfway point in the show, where, where you're one nil up at half time. You've been the dominant force in the game. You really should be taking the game and running with it in that second half. But it was the exact opposite. So, so weak all over the park. Phillips, Taylor are dreadful. No midfield, nothing up front. Badly need to bring in better quality. Now, this is something I want to touch on. For years, the January transfer window, Kev, has been a sort of stopgap window. It's been a window where you sort of fill in the blanks, you add more depth to the squad, you bring in some loanies, or at least that's been Celtic's approach to it in the last decade. Fans are looking for something a bit different in the January transfer. They're wanting more quality, especially considering how the uh, Champions League campaign went. What, what do you think Celtic could do in January? If, if we're speaking about your ideal window, what do you do? Right. I don't know. <laughs> your ideal window, uh, you sign a new goalkeeper. Um, somebody that's, that's ready to be first choice next season and challenge Joe Hart for the remainder of this. You sign a left-back because we badly need one. You sign a centre forward because we're missing pretty much the front line through the Asian Cup at the beginning of the year. That's three signings you, you must make. You've got to look at the centre backs again. I know we've spent the guts of ten million pounds on two centre backs and bringing in Phillips, but Phillips you would like to hope is away in January. The other two haven't played enough that you can really make a judgment call on them, but you must question why that is. Also, and also, were they Brendan Rodgers signings or were they just ones that he rubber stamped? So, you need to give that serious consideration. Um, and as much as we went on, I said, like I went on about Iwata before the game has been the answer for number six. Uh, and I, I would agree that he, it was wrong to take him off today because I thought he could have been someone that you know looked decent when he was putting his foot in the ball. There's still something that's lacking from the midfield, so we need to look again there. So, I mean, that's five signings that you could be potentially looking at in the hope as well that you get all your wingers back and you don't need to sign another winger. You get your Tilios, you get Abada, you get Palma firing, you've got Maeda coming back. These guys have got to be considered as well. But 
normally you look at the summer as being your transfer window where you build your squad for the season. And in January, you make the one or two signings that's just going to shore things up and see you through. This summer, we've went and signed, as everybody kind of says, nine, eight kind of project signing players. Palmer, the only one who looks remotely like a first-team player at the moment, which means that we now face an unnecessarily massive January where you've got to go and sign three, four first-team-ready players. Where'd you go to sign them? Because the players that we want to sign have got to be of a standard now that they walk into that first team, improve us straight away, and that they're good enough for Europe next season. Chances are we're going to go, we're wanting to sign players that are in them that are still going to be playing in Europe after January. Clubs don't want to sell. Clubs want to, if they do want to do business, they'll do it at inflated fees. You end up paying over the odds. We've just made it so much more difficult for ourselves and we really need to. Um, and you go back, you can go back a couple of transfer windows if you want and just think that, I don't know, since uh, Angie's second summer or since his first January, recruitment's not been hitting it on the nail as we thought it had done. And now it's kind of coming out a little bit. Yeah, a lot of the star players in the Celtic team, when you look at it, are still from Angie's first season you've got when you look at the starting 11 Celtic's strongest team at the moment most of them have been signed in Andrew's first season at least three quarters of that squad was and we've talked we've spoken about how threadbare the options are in attack even when you look at the bench trying to bring someone and make an impact there's no one really there and then in January you're going to have Kyogo's going to be gone O's going to be gone I know he hasn't really been starting many games but Yang is going to be gone as well that's another option off the table so another forward option should definitely be in contention in January. We spoke about Nat Phillips and the fact that Navroki and Lager Bielke are behind him in the pecking order. Fans can't really make a judgment off those on those players, but they're not playing. But you can see the manager's judgment is very clear there in the fact that they're both sitting behind Nat Phillips after that performance today in the pecking order. That's our half-hour slope-up. I want to thank everybody for joining us here. 1,200 of you join us after an incredibly frustrating watch today as Celtic lost out to Kilmarnock at Rugby Park. And thank you very much to Anthony Maguire and Kevin McCluskey for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.